guys? It is Sunday, October 2nd, and typically this would suck. Saturday certainly sucks, but you know what? We love to come and hang out with you guys and talk about Virginia Tech. That's what we're going to do. It's our job. It is our duty, and that is what we are going to do. My name is Billy Ray Mitchell. I am back in Portsmouth, Rhode Island. I enjoyed a a wonderful day yesterday of, of, well, it was an okay day. Watch the Okies lose, watch the Mets lose, but watch my guy Chris Parcher, don't all miss, handle business. And then we have Pat Finn, who is in Charlotte, North Carolina, repping the New Jersey National hat. Um, and uh, what is that? Is that a Virginia Tech men's soccer shirt? I forget which one that is. This is a Hokie men's soccer crew neck sweatshirt. Women's soccer are the ones in the limelight right now, though. Women's soccer with a big two to one victory over Carolina yesterday. Shout out to Tori Powell with the game winning goal, two to one over the number three Tar Heels. Big time. That's right. So, uh, we're the sons of Saturday. Grayson is working. Uh, Hardworking man talked about duty. Work comes first. So, uh, it's Pat and Bill here with the North Carolina reaction pod and uh, as always this podcast brought to you by our friends over at main street pharmacy um yes we're still gonna do it you can still get your game day pins here is the beat west virginia one if you are watching on youtube you can see it every power five game we're gonna have these pins and we are going to hope pray and maybe do some uh juju weird stuff rain dances uh, to win some of these Power 5 games. But you can head on down to Main Street Pharmacy and pick up your pins uh, if you need a prescription medication, anything else. They take care of you. You are more than a number. You are a neighbor. We have a plethora of hokey haikus this week. We have a, 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 a multiple number um, of hokey haikus <laughs> here. So let's dive, let's dive right into it. By the way, Pat, happy October. Happy October, Billy Ray. Our first... Hokey Haiku was submitted by Pete McGee. The season looks bleak. Shared a glance with Pat in stands. Despair in my eyes. Pete, or should I say Greg, it was great to see you across uh, the couple sections in Keenan Stadium yesterday. I wish there was not despair in your eyes. Mike Santa Maria says, the boys are working. Winning can't happen overnight. That's eight, Mike. Hang in there, Hokies. Mike woke up on the right side of the bed today. Good for him. Good, good for Mike. He's he's in he's in good spirits. I love Mike. Uh, Cody Step with two peas. He says, "Be patient, Hokies. Rebuilding this will take time, but a win a game, please. I can second that. Please do win a game, uh, and then we'll bring it home with Janine Barton. Janine, Jeannie, you don't come across Janine. Uh, oh, you don't come across a genie very often. Uh, that's I mean, my, that that's my, literally, there, you probably know more, uh, more genies than Janine's bill. Well, here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking that I wish we had a genie in a bottle and we could rub it and wish for some more wins. So if, uh, <laughs> genie, if you do know any genies, uh, with bottles, we would love to rub the bottles and hopefully come out with some more wins this year. But genie says embarrassing game. It's getting harder to watch. Hope this is the floor. I certainly hope so, too. Um, Pat, what's going on, dude? What are you doing? 
I'm just checking in on my on my Carolina Panthers. I know it's Sunday, but on Sundays it's really Thursday, if you know what I mean. <laughs> rah, rah, rah. It's ten to ten. I got a couple of units on the Panthers. But another little surprise for you. This is what I'm really looking forward to. There it is. What is that? <laughs> that was a horrible attempt at me playing the uh, the March Madness CBS theme song. I guess this one was outdated. Oh, it's almost basketball <laughs> season, dude. Yeah, that worked. <laughs> that was the point. I never wanted to be at this in this position. I don't think anyone wanted to be in this position where we are hoping basketball season accelerates and we are uh, probably forty five or so days away from that. Probably less than that. Um, probably like thirty five days. Anywho, I feel like a Carolina fan. Feel like a Duke fan, feel like a UVA fan right now. But uh, Don't like it. that is me saying, I can't believe I'm saying this, but uh, I can't wait for basketball because we are. Last thing on this, not subject, having a good time. Talk about football because we're not packing it up. We're going to be here after every game. You guys know this. We've been doing it for you know three seasons now: 2019, 2020, 2021, 20, the fourth, this fourth season. Um, we're not going to pack it up. We're going to be here all year rooting for our team. We're going to show up. Pat Finn sat in the stands for four quarters and watched the game. Billy Ray Mitchell watched the game on television for four quarters. It sucked, but uh, hey, always going to support this team. Last thing I'll say, not all heroes wear capes, but guess what? Ed Williams and Mike McDaniel will be cranking up the Hokie Hoops podcast. That's going to be coming back, and we'll start talking about some basketball. But let's talk about this game, Virginia Tech. Unfortunately, we did not see any rain, which was in the forecast. Um, they lost. Where was that? Where, to quote Don V, where was that rain at? <laughs> where was the rain? It was raining points uh, of the Tar Heel variety in Keenan Stadium all afternoon. Um, just a demoralizing loss at the hands of a offense that we knew that was going to be very good and a defense that looked like it was very good. Um, on the Carolina side. But let's talk about where we watched and where we tailgated. I'll be quick. I watched here. I uh, watched with my uh, with Mike Santa Maria. Um, would have been watching with my brother, but he drove to Maine to coach a football game. His team rushed for 363 yards and they won 30 to nothing. So we had a very different, uh, very different afternoon, but that's where I watched. Watched right here on my couch. By you, Pat. I watched the game with some friends at the stadium. We tailgated. We did, we did something that a lot of Carolina fans weren't doing. We showed up to the baseball stadium, which is about a baseball's toss away from the football stadium. I was receiving a lot of hate on Twitter for uh, tailgating at their baseball stadium. Apparently, they don't do that at Carolina. You know. Meanwhile, you go to Blacksburg, you see people parking in lot four. That's also called the softball stadium parking lot. You see people parking and tailgating in the cage, which is over by our baseball stadium. You see people tailgating and hanging out in lot one, a.k.a. the Castle Coliseum lot. But apparently at Carolina, if you tailgate at the baseball stadium as an away fan, you are just, you know, out to lunch. You know, Um, I was receiving a lot of uh, a lot of comments from the Tar Heel Twitter about my choice of where we tailgated. It was a six-minute walk to the stadium. They're like, that's so far. It is a clown show over there in Chapel Hill with those football fans. But we were with the Adams family, the Yetzi family, Chris Riegerd, Griffin, uh, Maddie, the whole squad, um, and then uh, had some fun watching for a little bit. But um, 
I like going to Chapel Hill. I think it's a fun time, but um, yesterday was not as fun. Let's move on. Yeah, we're going to talk about the game. Um, again, there's not a ton to talk about from an analytical perspective. I, I just assembled some numbers, and I am going to share them with you, and we, we can talk about them. Um, what better place to start than with our offense? Ten points. Ten points is what we scored yesterday. Um, for some context here, UNC has given up ten points or less twice in the last year. That came uh, against the, I'm sorry, in the last two years. The last one came against Duke in October of 2021, exactly one year ago today on October 2nd. Um, Duke scored seven points. And then Western Carolina in 2020 managed to score nine points uh, against Carolina. You go back and you look at Carolina's defense, who we've said has not been very good. Florida A&M scored 24 points. Georgia State scored 28 points. And Appalachian State scored 61 points on the Carolina Tar Heels. Yesterday, we averaged 2.8 yards per carry. App State averaged nearly 7. Georgia State averaged 4.4. And Notre Dame averaged 5.6. And this was the lowest total offense output that Carolina has seen all year, 273 yards. When we had David Hale on this podcast, this one, Grant Watson hit him with uh, the over-unders and said, hey, look, is Tech going to be able to amass a modest 350 yards of offense? Almost with no hesitation, David Hale says, I certainly hope so, because Carolina's defense is horrible. Well, we had 273. Uh, Florida A&M has the second lowest total with 335. The offense was deplorable. It looked like it had zero type of rhythm, zero type of sense. It's just, it's very bad. I, I legitimately don't know where we are going to score 30 points this year on the rest of the schedule. Um, I think if I had to say the most disappointing part of it to me, uh, and this has kind of been in the last three weeks, is I just I, I'm not seeing any creativity. I'm not seeing a whole lot of trying things different. I almost leaped out of my chair when we ran a, a, a jet sweep. I think we ran one jet sweep uh, in this game. But at the end of the day, when there's this big of a talent disparity and you know that running it up the middle is not going to work because it hasn't worked against Wofford. It hasn't worked against Boston College. It hasn't worked against West Virginia. It hasn't worked against anybody. And we continue to run the ball up the middle for a gain of zero, zero, minus one, one, minus three. Um, it's, it's, it's just a train wreck to watch. Um, Pat, go, go ahead, buddy. Can I say something about that Florida A&M team? That Florida A&M team, I don't know which side of the ball. It, this, this shouldn't matter which side of the ball, but they were missing 20-plus scholarship players <laughs> when they put up 335 rushing yards or 335 yards and 24 points at Carolina. I don't care. <laughs> you cannot go into Keenan Stadium and only score 10 points. Especially when the first drive of the game, you go down and you go get some. Oh my gosh! Um, for me, similar similar tune here, Bill. Just super inept offense. Um, I mean, the way that the game started, you force a punt, and we march down. We kick a field goal. Daquan Wright, who had a great day, makes a few catches. Caleb Smith has a big catch. Goes all Grant Wells is making good decisions, getting the ball to guys in space. 
Grant Wells starts out first drive of the game, a solid drive. We're like, all right, you know, we're up three nothing on Carolina. Can we keep this up? And there was no read option. There were minimal sweeps, no window dressing, nothing for the linebackers to honor. Um, we did see the was it the power eye? Was it the? the it was like the triple, it was like the triple eye. I loved your uh, I loved your I don't know what you call it double lowercase eye. But no, that's the thing with like this Carolina team is you've seen if you went and you watched the Notre Dame game, if you went and watched some of the other games that they played this year, where North Carolina really struggles is with gap integrity assignment execution like if they're seeing a ton of misdirection they're often biting on it and and making them look stupid notre dame had several plays where receivers were running naked down the uh down the sideline because they just lack discipline and we saw not a ton of that not a ton of putting north carolina in situations where their brain is in a blender and it was just very vanilla very you know this is what it is it's what it's been for the last four to five weeks uh can you stop it? Everybody else had. Everybody else has, but can you stop it? And the answer was yes. Yeah, the the Notre Dame film. I mean, there were guys just Scott Free. Was there any? Was there any film study this past week? Um, and this is not. This is coaching. This is coaching. This is not talent. This is coaching. I understand there were some drops. Like there were some drops. There were some drop passes. Grant threw a pick into like what seemed like triple coverage in the second half. None of the third down throws were anywhere near the sticks. Um, and ultimately there was the we surrender moment, which was with 11 uh, minutes and 53 seconds left in the third quarter. First drive for the offense. Um, we had a third and one at the 45 yard line. And we hand it off to Bryce Duke, and he just goes up to the gut for no gain. And it's fourth and one, and we decide to punt it away. And that was pretty much it. That was raised the white flag. And, you know, Meanwhile, prior to halftime, go for it on a gutsy fourth and seven. Get that. Grant punches it in, and it's a two-score game. Okay. Yeah, I'm feeling okay before they score right before halftime. Um have a nice drive, convert on a couple fourth downs. You're thinking, okay, the defense has played pretty bad in this second quarter. We gave up 17 points. Um, but then you allow North Carolina to drive the length of the field in what was – what did they have, a minute and 10 seconds? And they drove down no, the field. I, I, I think they had like 29 seconds, and they went okay. right down and mm-hmm. kicked the field goal. Yeah. So <sighs> anything else on the offense <laughs> or, or the defense? We can ship the defense if you'd like. Oh, man. Um, I think we could flip it over. <laughs> I think we just know that the uh, the offense is not is not going to get any better. I mean, Daquan Wright. Were you fired up about him? I was fired up about Daquan Wright. I thought, um, again, like you watch these games, and you know, to get on here and say everybody sucks, everybody's so bad. No, like Daquan Wright is a young guy who is getting reps and has played really well when he's been called upon um so he was definitely the bright spot for me uh in this past in this past game and I want to say this before we move away from the offense I think a lot of people are like like saying that the only problem with our offense is Grant Wells if you think that then you're not watching the game I I I tweeted I don't remember if I tweeted this or I texted it I feel really bad for the guy the guy has no protection 
He uh, he has no protection. We're running the same type of plays over and over and over again. The guy's running for his life a lot of the time. He's running the ball and getting beat up. I, this guy's – it just doesn't seem like he's somebody that's been set up to succeed. And everybody was asking, let me see Jason Brown. Let me see Jason Brown. Let me see Jason Brown. We saw Jason Brown. I don't think I need to see Jason Brown again. I don't. Jason Brown is a senior. Uh, I would like to see – if we're going to do anything, I would like to trend in the direction of getting young guys playing time. Um, so, you know, uh, you can't pin this all – you can't pin this all on the offensive line. You can't pin this all on the quarterback. You can't pin this all on the wide receiver. It is just all bad. It is I just all can't bad. Believe, I just can't believe that we've played five games and Connor Blumrick has seven catches. In yeah, five I – well, how many catches does our tight end room have in general? I mean, me and you were kind of like, dude, the tight end room is going to be awesome this year. It's a talented room. There are a lot of talented, old, experienced, smart football players. Um, I just think so much of what we do, aside from running the ball up the middle, like there's no consistency. There's no consistency. That's why in the first half of the West Virginia game, I was like, okay, we're attacking the middle of the field. Caleb Smith is getting some possession catches. Um, and then we completely went away from it in the second half. There's no identity. There's no like, okay, we're going to come out. The only thing I know about our offense is we're not going to block a lot of people up front and we're going to run in between the tackles when we block nobody up front and we're going to go for zero drives um, or for zero yards. I'm sorry. So that's all I know about our offense. I No idea what the identity is. No idea with the running back split and how guys are getting carries. It just, it just doesn't make a ton of sense to me. So, uh, Defense. Yeah, defense. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? I think you want to go first. I have a few points, but um, they just broke early in the game. Mm-hmm. We knew that Drake May was going to move the ball down the field, whether it was him throwing the ball or them just gashing us on the ground, which they did both of. Um, but with an offense as bad as ours, you absolutely cannot, cannot – surrender three consecutive fourth down conversions in one half, you know, twice on that one drive. And then in the second quarter, fourth and seven looks like we're going to get Drake and he lobs it up and Josh downs comes down with it by the sideline for a first down. And that was just like, they are, I'm thinking to myself, okay, are we even going to have a situation where they are, um, they're at fourth and something again, and they're going for it. You know, are we going to stop them for the rest of the game? So we go out there and we force a punt on the first possession and we go ahead and score off of that position. I was like, okay, this is great. You know, we're playing with house <laughs> money right now. And all of a sudden they just start moving the ball, crushing us on these fourth downs. And then on top of this, um, 29 seconds left in the half after our touchdown, so we're down 21 to 10 and they just march right down the field and kick a field goal. If you're, if your offense after your offense has a heroic drive, right? Any drive where the offense is scoring points this year, like, you know, newspaper clippings, let's cut them and, and put them on the wall because they're having a really tough time scoring points. And then you just let them go down the field in 29 seconds. You cannot do that, especially right before half. Um, it was just horrible, man. Um, 
On the defense, uh, North Carolina had their best passing output of the season with 367 yards. Uh, Drake May is incredible, by the way. Uh, if if you're not a believer in Drake May, turn on that film. He's legit. Um, that guy's a, that guy is a absolute baller. Um, will 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 Drake May get better year over year, or are we going to see this Drake May in two years because Carolina can't develop talent? Hey, if this is Drake May in two years, he's still going to be one of the best players in college football <laughs> based upon based upon what he's doing. Um, they had 367 yards of passing. They averaged 7.2 yards per play, 7.2 yards per play. You would literally score a touchdown if you had the ball on the one-yard line in like 14 plays, if, if that was your situation. Uh, they had 24 first downs, 24 first downs. Um, they were three for three on fourth down all in the first half. And Pat, here's what was interesting to me was Mac Brown and UNC treated Virginia tech the way that Virginia tech has treated UNC over the last decade, being in fourth and four, fourth and three, fourth and seven. They literally were just like, you guys suck. You're not going to score. I don't care where we are on the field. We're going to go for it on fourth down. We're going to get it. Like they completely put everything on the table. And you, it almost seemed like it was personal. Like this UNC team was completely different than the UNC teams that we saw. Uh, it looks like their whole thing was like, this team has beaten us up over the last few years. We're going to make a statement. And they did 100%. Which is why I have a problem with us not going it for it for fourth down on that fourth and one in the second half. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, another stat for you, 34 points in the second and third quarters. Uh, 34 points, 17 and 17. We haven't scored 30 points all year, and UNC hung up uh, 30 in the second and third quarters combined. So that's what I have to say about the game. We're going to move on to some like tangential stuff here. Um, we're going to go ahead and do that first with first and main. Uh, we're looking to recalibrate our expectations, but you won't need to recalibrate your expectations at first and main. The expectation is you're going to have fun, you're going to shop. You're going to play. You're going to do anything that you need to do. Eat. Take care of it all. No par- problems with parking. No problems with traffic. No, None of the BS. Because you don't need any of that in your life. There's plenty of BS going on outside of First and Main. So head on over there. They take great care of you. A bunch of great businesses. We have a great relationship with uh, McLean's. We have a great relationship with Alumni Hall. Um, you can check all of that out over at first and main. And if you are a business, you can uh, take up some of the spots. They do have some availability over there. So if you're looking to take advantage of the uh, the foot traffic frolicking that is going on over there, give uh, <laughs> give first and main a uh, give first and main a call. Um, can, can I say something? Yes, please do. We're gonna go to the Miami game. We are. And we're gonna we're gonna have a little event at McLean's again. Mm-hmm. TBD, coming out with info, by the way, mm-hmm. coming out with info. Keep your eyes and ears peeled. But I just want to go to Elrod's, man. Gucci Elrod's at first. I was just there. See, will you go there with me? I haven't been there in a long time. Dude, I would love to go to Gucci Elrod's with you. I had an amazing night at Gucci Elrod's. Uh, what amazing. Was it? it was great. It was great. It had some ACP. They redid the place. It's all, uh, it's all like high-end. Wait, no, I'm, not, I'm wrong. The one over by Wendy's, they completely redid. This one's like classic. It's got the, it's got like the, um, I don't know what they're called, the Spanish uh, roofs on the inside, some 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 good drinks. Yeah, we'll go, hundred percent. I'd love yeah. to go. Let's make it it's happen. A date, Pat. It's a date. Me and you. It's a date. <laughs> Speaking of dates, 
Um, a couple dates in Hokie history that this game felt like. Pittsburgh, 2018, when they ran us out of Heinz Field. Vomit. Duke, 2019, 45-10. And then Boston College last year. <laughs> Those were uh, the similar characteristic traits that you're just like, you have this pit in your stomach and you're, just, you're like, I can't believe I spend so much time, effort, and energy on this. But do you remember <laughs> that this was one of those rare, rare games? Because no matter how much we're losing by, I'm always like, okay, what's the formula to win here? We score on this drive, they fumble, maybe we do an onside kick, and then it's a seven point game, and who knows what can happen? Who knows? I was completely rejected into there's no way we're going to lose this game. I just want to see if Taj Bullock goes in. I just want to see if we do something weird. I had no (laughs) – my thought process on winning the game went completely out the window after our first drive in the second half. Yeah, (laughs) it was was all downhill from there. But it's just one of those things where you don't really have anything to say. No. Other than this is brutal. And you see the opening lines come out for next week. We're going up to Accrasure Stadium. Where we're undefeated. We've never lost at Akrasher Stadium. I don't know about Heinz Field. (laughs) (laughs) We are 14-point underdogs to Pittsburgh up there. Um, And I don't know if I can confidently say I would pick us to win another game this year. I know we always come on the podcast. We do our score predictions. We pick the Hokies to win. (laughs) We're not going to be doing that anymore after Saturday. No No. more more 12-6 victories out of Billy or 20 to 17 victories out of myself. I think, uh, I think it's time to recalibrate expectations. And honestly, I would sign up. I (laughs) I think I would sign up for three and nine right now. If it guaranteed the UVA game, Um, because Duke is good. Pittsburgh is very good. um, NYAD, not your average Duke, not your average Duke. Elko's got it going on. Even though nobody showed up to that game, dozens of people in attendance for UVA Duke on Saturday night. Georgia Tech, Georgia Tech defeated Pittsburgh in front of hundreds of people at Akershire. At Alliance Field or whatever, Akershire. Akershire last night. Um, Georgia Tech could sneak up on us. Duke will probably be favored against us. That's at Wallace Wade. Liberty, you saw that guy make that one-handed catch yesterday. Yes, it was. It was good. <laughs> we might be favored in the Virginia game. We might uh, just because Virginia's really bad. I mean, I, I, I gotta tell you, Pat. Uh, um, let's let's table your three and nine thing, and let's just talk about the teams that uh, that that we play and have played. So the teams that we have played, Old Dominion has lost to Virginia, Liberty, and ECU since playing. Boston College is horrible. They found a way to beat Louisville. Scott Satterfield might get fired because they lost that game. Okay. Then you go to Wofford. They're 0-5. Mercer. I couldn't tell you where Mercer is. I couldn't tell you what their mascot is. I couldn't tell you one person who went to Mercer. They scored 42 points on Wofford. Mercer. (laughs) And then West Virginia, who after the game were like, yo, West Virginia must be pretty good, dude. West Virginia might make some noise in the Big 12. West Virginia was losing 35-0 at the end of the third quarter to Texas. And then 
uh, West Virginia scored 20 points in garbage time. But West Virginia sucks too. They suck. So let's turn the page to the teams that we get to play. Pittsburgh, they're pissed. Pitt, Pitt is pissed. Pitt just lost to Georgia Tech at home. And I got to tell you, Pat Narduzzi is going to is going to have them boys ready to go on Saturday. And then they got Miami. Miami does suck. Miami's bad. Miami's a bad football team. Um, but they have talent across the board. Okay. NC State, I might wear a black tuxedo to the game. I might show up wearing black, black, black because it's going to be a funeral. It's going to be, it's going to be devastating. I'm going with, with two goals in mind. Have fun and give uh, Coach Wiles a high five. That's it. That's all I want to do. That's all I want to do at the NC State game. If you watch the Clemson-NC State game, you look at that offensive line, that defensive line, their linebackers, they're big, they're fast, they're tough, they hit hard. We don't do any of that stuff. Okay, so NC State might be the ugliest game on the spread schedule. Georgia Tech just beat Pitt, and they also are athletic and have great skill players. Um, Duke, like you said, they're actually good. Duke crushed UVA, and their lone loss was to the world-beating Kansas Jayhawks, who is hosting college game day for the first time in Lawrence, Kansas. Little jab at UVA. They've never had college game day. College game day is headed to Kansas because they're 5-0. and who else? Liberty. Does, does Kansas have a track around their stadium still? I think they do. I think they do. <laughs> I think they do. Um, shout, out to, uh, shout out to um, Corey Fuller. Didn't he run track at Kansas? He did. He did. Um, okay. Liberty. They're the best team in Virginia. Four and one. They lost to Wake Forest by one point, and they just beat ODU 38-24. to 24. So we play them too. Uh, oh, and we play on the road. So pack your Bibles. Um we play at Liberty in Lynchburg. And then we play Virginia, who also sucks. They're bad. But that's the remaining schedule, dude. I <laughs> I think if I'm Vegas, do you put the line at two and a half or one and a half? If it's two and a half, I'm going under. I, I do not see three wins on the rest of this schedule. I, I'll also say, Pat, you know, we, we have the out to lunch uh, segment coming up here. Uh, do you have – I know you went to the grocery store earlier. Did you pick up any crow? By chance, did you grab any crow from the from the uh, vegetable section? Because I'm eating a whole lot of crow. Because my stupid self came up here and said we were going to win nine games. We're probably going to lose nine games. So, man, Billy Ray's a big fat idiot. Um, this is this is the definition of uncharted territory for Virginia Tech fans who are younger than the age of 40? 45. <laughs> That's a lot of fans. <laughs> That is a lot of Hokie fans. So if you were in college, in college or, you know, between the ages of like 15 and 22 in those primary Beamer years or the end of the Dooley era, then you've seen the lowest of lows. I'm 27 years old. I have not seen that. Um, I'm, I'm only familiar with bowl games and not going three and nine. And I think we're handling it well, though. I mean, I'm excited for the Miami weekend. Can't wait to see. Can't wait to wear my blue jeans and my sweatshirt and shake my keys on third down. I'll have my keys. I won't forget them this time. What'd you say? I'll have my keys this time. I don't want to get yelled at. But yeah, dude. I mean, will we take another win picture this year? Man, the curse of the Section Five win picture. No, 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 no. We had it and we won it the first time. This is not the problem. We went 2-0 and uh, when we introduced it. We may have won the two only games because 
people were excited that we they were like we need to win because there's this win photo thing coming up. So I don't know, man. I, I if you told me now, you know what's gonna happen, Pat. A lot of people are gonna be like, oh, the Sons of Saturday guys got on there and they're just cool with beating UVA. No, I think we're so bad that I would accept three wins with a win to beat UVA. Like if that was a deal we had to make, we could make that deal right now. So um yeah, I think I would do that. Any other thoughts, Pat? I, I just don't know what to say. I <laughs> I know what to say. <laughs> we we, we are we are in a role. We're in a position where we're going to have to trust the staff, and that's that's all I have to offer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we have some more to offer, though. Uh, you having a bad week? Because you had a bad day, Daniel Powder. I had a horrible day on Saturday. Wonder. Um, after after the game, you're probably feeling really bad. Maybe you go to McDonald's and order like three McDoubles, or you eat some Taco Bell or something that's just terrible for your digestive system, and you feel horrible. Get back on track, the healthy track, and head down to Roots Natural Kitchen. Uh, use discount code Beat Pit on the app for twenty percent off of your order. Look, it tastes great. It's great for you. Your taste buds will thank you. Your digestive system will thank you. And your future six-pack, if you do a whole bunch of other stuff and eat roots, will thank you as well. Uh, I also want to shout out Nels Williams. He's been doing uh, a great job uh, yes. with our athlete interviews. Those have been a ton of fun. Um, and for those of you <laughs> – I want to address this. For those of you that were curious about the Sean Padula interview, he was not wearing a explicit shirt. Uh, he was wearing Virginia Tech apparel, which you cannot wear, and NIL deals that are not uh, officially licensed with Virginia Tech, so we did have to blur that out. No, Sean Padula was not wearing uh, – somebody was like, is Sean Padula wearing a naked chick on his shirt? No, he was wearing a Virginia I Tech shirt. Yeah, and I was like, no, dude, he's wearing a Virginia Tech shirt. We were just uh, protecting him and doing uh, and doing right by him. So Come on, Coach Young, Coach Young wouldn't let Sean do that. No, no, that that's not in the culture. It's not in the cold. Um, that's not an OKG move. So, uh, Pat, yeah, go ahead and bring us uh, bring us your your lengthy out to lunch here. Listen, friends, if you live in Richmond, whether it's VCU or West End, if you live in Charlottesville, if you live in Blacksburg, hopefully you do, Pittsburgh, State College, Pennsylvania, Columbus, Ohio, Newark, Delaware, and Chapel Hill, North Carolina, you have a Roots Natural Kitchen in your living uh, domain. Yeah. So check it out. It works at all of them. Beat pit 20% off. So I was out to lunch. There's a couple oh. people who are out to lunch. Okay. Oh, I, I already talked about this. I was out to lunch for chirping the Carolina fans this past week and how lame their fans are and how lame their game day environment is their tailgating scene, their atmosphere, their attendance, that is not new information to really anyone, but I guess it was new information to Carolina fans as I have been getting absolutely dragged, dogged, shredded on the timeline over the past 24 hours on Twitter by Carolina fans because I posted that video asking Carolina if they have fans. Because, Billy, is that a genuine question? Yes. <laughs> no one was tailgating in the baseball lot, but it was it sparked a true uprising on Tar Heel Twitter. And my message to UNC fans is I trolled all week 
I was chirping all week, not about the football game, not about the Tar Heels, not about the Hokies, but about the softness of the Carolina fans. I went to game day. I experienced everything. And my take is the same as it was yesterday. And it's the same as it's always been. North Carolina fans are extremely soft. They don't care about football. Football is not in their blood. It is not in their culture. It will never be in their culture. So Carolina fans, I will continue to give your fan base a a very, very hard time for being your fan base. Um, So, yeah. You can change it, too. You can change it, too. Like, Carolina has a million more reasons to show up to football games than Virginia Tech does right now. And there are going to be, I hope, 55,000 or 50,000 people at the Miami game at worst. Um, people are going to show up and watch a team who's been pretty bad. Um, whereas in Carolina has recruited in an incredible level. Um, there is a good bit of, uh, excitement around the program and you continue not to show up. So did you beat us? Yes. Is your fan base horrible? Yes. Both things can be true at one time. Um, so I know you guys don't take a lot of classes and that may be hard for you to multitask and multi-assimilate. But uh, that is the truth. Um, it looks like you have some more, Pat. Well, can you talk to me a little bit about the experience at uh, Carolina for the the tailgatery? I was actually about to sneeze, and it looked like I was raising my hand for a thought. Oh. Um, but okay. then, but then you prompting me scared the sneeze away. <laughs> so this is just like the rain, me. just like the rain scared away the Carolina fans. I even well had, done. I even had well one guy, actually, a handful of folks say because i tweeted it was like it was like two it was like 324 so six minutes till kickoff right because we kicked off at 330 allegedly mm-hmm. and i took a picture of the stadium and tweeted it and the stadium was maybe half full at that point six minutes to kick off I feel like you're being generous but it was, <laughs> and, yeah. and the best thing is like i bought tickets to the hokey club the hokey club puts you up top like um Section 200 are the ones that I got um, for my priority ranking or whatever. So obviously I've been to Keenan stadium a handful of times. When you get to Keenan stadium as a Hokie fan, you just walk right through and sit wherever the heck you want, because guess what? No one's there. And no one, (laughs) it is like a movie theater. So I walked in with like 12 of my friends and we sat wherever we wanted. And within 90 seconds of game time, I was asked to sit down. Our whole group was asked to sit down. So instead of sitting down, we just went over to the next section where there was no one, no one, uh, no one to bother because there were that many empty seats. Um, but back to what I was saying. Oh, so there was Hurricane Ian came through. There was, you know, debris scattered across the Carolinas from a hurricane. And one guy tweeted like half of Chapel Hill was out was without power. So that's why no one was at the game. No one shows up anyway. That's I'm just sorry. cap. I'm sorry. So you're saying since there wasn't power, you couldn't go to the game. Did you watch the game at home? <laughs> because if you didn't have power, how are you watching the game? I just don't understand how not having power is the reason that people didn't show up to the game. Um, but, you know, <sighs> this is the North Carolina Tar Heels football fan base. And if you're looking for an excuse, you're going to find one. So uh, it was great to see the uh, the empty chairs once again here uh, in Keenan. Um, 
Uh, this out to lunch is actually out to lunch in the best way. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and quote our friends over at the Sickos com- uh, Committee. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Because you look at the standings in the ACC, and the standings for the coastal of the ACC are Duke, first place. North Carolina, second place. Georgia Tech, third place. Duke and Georgia Tech were both predicted to maybe combine for bowl eligibility together. Duke is a game away from bowl eligibility, and Georgia Tech just marched into Pitt and beat the hell out of Pittsburgh. Excuse me? Duke is two away from Oh, that's right. They lost to Kansas, so they're 4-1. They're 4-1. But they're about a clinch bowl. I think if they're not bowl eligible, they're a game away from it. Uh, Then Miami is in – or I'm sorry, Virginia Tech is in fourth place. Miami, fifth, Pitt, Virginia. The Coastal is a disaster. Uh, It is so fun. Um, And it is literally anybody's league right now. So, interested to see how it plays out. I mean, Duke legitimately might win the Coastal this year. Um, they are good. So, um, David Hill. David Hill said that Duke. I mean, they beat Northwestern, they beat Temple, mm-hmm. and they beat Virginia right there. Um, David Hill said that Duke is like the guy at the party that, um, everyone else trips over themselves and gets too drunk. And Duke go, goes home with the girl. <laughs> so that, would be the, that would be the situation if Duke were to uh, win the Coastal, which might happen. This also might be the everyone goes four and four and ties for the Coastal lead, but I don't think that's happening. Tech, I mean, yeah, you're Duke, not winning games. What does Duke have that no other program in America has? They have a Courtney Adams, and Courtney Adams is intertwined with success. So Courtney Adams, maybe come work for Virginia Tech. That would be awesome. Um, handing out game balls. Let's talk about game balls. Look, Drake May, that kid is legit. He's tough as nails, played his tail off, 26 for 36, 363 yards, three touchdowns passing, two touchdowns rushing, 73 yards on the ground. Can we put this into perspective? Let's put that into perspective. Drake May this season has accounted for 22 touchdowns, 22, and he has turned the ball over a grand total of one turnover. Virginia Tech's entire offense in the year of our Lord, 2022, has scored 10 touchdowns total and seven interceptions. Drake May has a seventh. I don't think that's how that math works. But he has six less interceptions, and he has more than double the amount of touchdowns that we have scored this season. So that is my game ball. Pat. Billy loves giving the game ball. To the other team. I mean, the they other team plays great when they play us. So they call him. They call him Billy Interception. <laughs> All of Billy's game balls are getting picked off. Dude, they deserve it. I got Will Ross again, man. Uh, <laughs> just keeps delivering. Quiet, a quiet leader in the special yep. teams room. Hits again from thirty-four yards, seven of seven on the year, and then Daquan Wright, true freshman, Daquan Wright. Uh, one of the studs of the 2022 class, four receptions, 31 yards on Saturday. So that's a bright spot in our offense. Daquan Wright, the tight end of the future for Virginia Tech football. What's next? Stuff that is not football. Um, Duke, uh, Duke, Carolina's band played uh, Bad Romance by Lady Gaga, which is an okay song. But they played it about 50 times. And look, I know Carolina is new to the football thing 
or is trying to get hip to the football thing. Bad Romance, not a football song. Oh my gosh. I wanted to mute my television and turn on literally anything else. So what do you think is worse? What is worse? Carolina football, bad romance, Duke basketball, every time we touch. See, can I I kind of think every time we touch is kind of cool. It's it's Why? it's so on brand for them. And it's just like it's that's their thing. And that's fine. I know they're a little weird and a little quirky, but at least they're into it. This has nothing to do with football. This is like, I mean, if, if Duke was playing every time we touch at football games, that's fine. Basketball, you're a little more free. It's, 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 you know, you can do whatever you want. Football, you don't play bad romance in football. Um, it's just not what you should do. And they've been doing it for years. I hate it. Um, so that's my thing. I, I, I can't really think of anything else. I had a gripe that Virginia Tech was like the only Power Five program in America that didn't have a medical tent. Because, uh, but then I realized at the end of the game that we took Stephen Gosnell into the uh, medical tent, who I hope is okay. Um, he looked like he was all right after. That was a brutal hit. He was on his back, um, got up. Hope he's okay. Um, but uh, those those were my nitpicks. Do you have any non football related nitpicks, Pat? Caroline uh, just does this weird thing <laughs> before the fourth <laughs> quarter, where you know they do the hand thing where everyone throws up the four and then they like do like a tomahawk chop four thing. Um, <laughs> it was funny in 2010, the first time I saw it, the first time I went to Keenan, but um, all the players just like jump into the crowd and like engage with the fans, like before the fourth. During the game. So, yeah. Wow. Um, another thing that wasn't football, there was this place in on Franklin street that we sat there for like an hour and a half we were served drinks and then we just had to leave because no one took our food order. And there were like 12 of us, a lot of cold, hungry Hokies didn't get served. Um, so didn't appreciate that, (laughs) but we've got a handful of letters from the lunch pail. But first, Mm -hmm. as I turn to the TV behind me and see the Panthers are still tied 10 to 10, the NFL action is in full swing at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking turnovers, touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. Check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. I love a good same-game parlay. I was doing them uh, last week, actually, during college football. Um, To make things even sweeter at DraftKings, you could throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game all season long. Once per game day, I should say. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code SOS to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code SOS only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Please see the show notes for details on that. Joe Rogers. Joe Rogers, first letter from the lunch pail. What's the answer to fixing the talent and depth issues? Is it recruiting, portal, or both? Short answer, it is both. 
Yeah. I saw a couple responses saying that um, we didn't have the uh, NIL money to to make a splash in the portal. Um, that's just not true. Some of the best players on our teams over the last couple of years have come from the portal. Um, there are a lot of folks that are in search of new schools, uh, most notably South uh, Southern Cal had four, I think four t- quarterbacks transfer out. Um, you're going to need to turn some things over uh, to make this work. How much of a difference would Brock Hoffman make on this football team right now? A huge difference. How much of a difference would Jordan Williams make in this team right now? Uh, Khalil Herbert, any of these types of guys, we're going to have to do something to turn this over and get guys that fit uh, whatever scheme we're going to be running on, uh, on, uh, on offense uh, and defense too. So I think the answer is definitely both. Uh, next question here from Pete McGee. What is the biggest area of need at this point, defensive line or offensive line? Um, this is a great question that I'm not sure I have an answer to. We are lacking depth and, uh, quite honestly, top-end talent on both. Um, we lose Taiwan Garbutt next year. I'm just going to say the offensive line because – it is just so discombobulated and so bad, and you're just not going to be able to win games without scoring points. I, I really appreciate and um, have a lot of respect for how this program won games in the early 2000s, uh, early, early 2010s. I don't think that that is fully replicable anymore. You're not going to go out and consistently win games 10 to 3. Three, fourteen to seven, fourteen to ten, seventeen to fourteen. Um, that's just not a formula that works out in college football. You saw that Nick Saban completely adjusted to that, um, and now he knows that you need a high-scoring offense, regardless of how good your defense is. Les Miles went from one of the best coaches in college football to basically out of a job because of his inability to switch to the current times of college football. Um, so you're going to need to score points. That is how you win games going out and just dominating on defense and doing nothing on the offensive side is not going to work out. And we have talented running backs. So you got to get somebody up there that can block for them. Um, Pat agree, disagree, different thoughts. Yeah. You know, I know we were saying this earlier, but our defense at this point is good enough to keep us in the game, but our offense needs to put us in a position to win the game. And you need to score points in 2022 college football. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you on the offensive line. Brandon White says in blowout games, why do we insist on punting as if field position matters? The other team is likely going to score at will anyway. That's what happened yesterday. So you may as well play all four downs if for no reason than to try to keep the D off the field longer and additional experience. Number two, why is our fourth down defense so drastically worse than our defense on other downs? Uh, um, I, can't, I cannot answer number one, but number two, <laughs> number two, we got to figure out. I, I Well, let's talk about number one first. I, I think I was actually talking about this with uh, Greg Russo, who uh, took over at Paramus Catholic after uh, a few years since Chris Partridge left, who was balling out at Ole Miss. Um, but basically he said that a couple of his assistant coaches were upset because he kept going for it on fourth down against Del Barton of all places. Um, and he said, you know, a lot of coaches decide, Hey, like, I want to keep it close. I don't want the score. Like at the end of the day, I, if, if, if the answer is UNC might score again, but if we don't go for it, we have less of a chance of winning this game. Like 
to me, I would rather go for it and rather give us a chance to win the game than to just prolong it and make the score look not as bad. Um, Cause it's already bad. Um, so that, that, that's what I think on that. Number two, why is our fourth down defense so drastically worse than our defense on other downs? I, I, I can't answer that question. I, I think some of it has to do with our lack of depth. Uh, typically teams are going for it on fourth down after a 10 or 12 play drive. And, you know, we're rotating four or five defensive linemen and you're just getting exhausted and getting gashed towards the end of some of these drives. But um, I, I don't think our defense was good on first, second, third or fourth down uh, this past Saturday. Pat, you have any thoughts? I don't. <laughs> okay. I wish I could answer those questions. I cannot. Jay Osborne. Question for you slash the pod. Thank you. Uh, what are your thoughts on Pry's overall demeanor? Never really seen him get fired up, pumped up, or show much emotion. With an undisciplined as we have been, I was expecting more fire. I mean, look, everybody has a little bit of a different demeanor. Um, you look at Coach Beamer. He would hit you with the, with the come on. You'd see that sometimes. Um, Will Stort and Chris Coleman were talking about Coach Fuente, how he was much more animated during North Carolina, but was pretty much stoic throughout uh, the football game. Coach Pry, I haven't been able to watch him on the sideline enough. I, I, I will just speak. Pat, you said this, but I just hate the body language of our team in general. I don't think uh, analyzing the head ball coaches – enthusiasm or lack of or anything about their demeanor is a good measuring stick to really prove anything. Um, There have been successful coaches that do it completely differently, like all the time. Kirby smart is so much different than Nick Saban, right? Um, You look at a, who else is really successful? Kirby smart and Dabo Sweeney kind of fit in the same. I mean, Brian Kelly. Stoic. Very, no. very I don't know if Brian Kelly is stoic. Brian He's Kelly, not running down the sideline with his team, though. He may choose somebody out. But he turns purple in the face is what I mean. That's true. That's true. That could be the weather, but that is true. Um, and then you look at like a Nick Saban or a Ryan Day, except for this weekend. Ryan Day almost fought Coach Shiano at the 50-yard line. But, um, yeah, I mean, different coaches, different strokies for different Hokies, man. It's 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 different. You know, it, it changes often. So, um I haven't – that hasn't been a problem. The, the head coach's body language has not bothered me. The body language of everybody on the team has bothered me. Yeah, being being at the game, it was evident that the body language was not what it should have been. We usually go into Carolina and take care of business, and it looked like that team ran out on the field on Saturday. <laughs> it was like Mark Avery and kicking and screaming, and they were mm-hmm. like, we're going to get killed. Um, <laughs> if you haven't seen kicking and screaming, that is a movie that we, we could use some Phil Weston energy. Maybe, uh, maybe we should get a coffee espresso machine on the sidelines and, uh, get everyone fired up. Uh, cause the body language needs some, uh, some injection of that. Steve Bryce in light of the Argyle sweater ass whipping we just took, do we need a little less grit and a whole lot more Gucci on this roster? Um, we have beaten Carolina nine out of the, I'm sorry, uh, two Carolina has beaten us twice out of the last nine meetings. 
just about, I would, I would almost say three every times. single time, uh, three, three times, times. Okay, three out of the last nine. Um, I would say that almost in every single one of those games that Carolina has had more talented folks than us. So no, I do not want to be Carolina. I do not think Virginia tech will out Carolina, Carolina. They will always have higher rated recruits. Virginia tech's, uh, path to success is in developing players, getting the right types of players into the program and being a hard nosed team. Um, so no, I, I, I don't want to be like Carolina. Pat, any, any thoughts? I don't think we're capable of getting Gucci on the roster. Mm-hmm. To be honest. With you. Um, mm-hmm. Gucci doesn't come to Virginia tech. Gucci goes to Carolina. Gucci goes to Miami. Gucci goes to USC. Gucci goes to the SEC. Um, I don't even yeah, I mean, you could look at rosters past and maybe, you know, in the glory years, there were some Gucci players, but we're, we're not in a position where we can bring in Gucci right now, unless, you know, we have, we have uh, more money to offer these guys through NIL, but that's not necessarily mm-hmm. something that is at our disposal right now. Matthew Parnell would really love to see more of Bryce Duke look like he had a great, had great vision and hard running could see him being a great number two behind Keyshawn King until we get Thomas back. Um, I just hope our offensive line can open up holes for whoever is back there, to be honest with you. It's impossible to evaluate any of these backs. I mean, we can get a, we, we have a pretty strong hold on Keyshawn King being a good back. I, I'm not even saying like saying if they're good or not. I'm saying like I can't even pick who our second back is because – they're having to make somebody miss in the backfield every single play. And they're not really running a wide variety of different plays. So um, I really don't know how good Bryce Duke is. I loved how he played against Wofford. He got thrown in um, against Carolina and we didn't do, you know, maybe, I I don't know. I'm sure he's going to get some more carries here. I'm almost to the point, Pat, where I want to Malachi Thomas. I don't want him playing behind this line in a lost season, I would rather save a year of his eligibility. That's just me. Um, some people probably won't like that. Chris Coleman will love that. Um, but that's uh, that's just my take. Brian Holbrook said there was a lengthy rant after Old Dominion that talent was the issue. How do we feel about that now after four games, especially on offense, as there appeared to be a huge talent gap between us and North Carolina? I cannot say this clearer. And Brian, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to everybody. Everybody wants to say, is this coaching or is this talent? Both are an issue. Both of these things are a problem. My issue is you have to tailor what you do to the talent that you have. You cannot continuously go out there and say, oh, our line is not very good. We don't get a push. So we're going to trot out here every single week and we are going to run into a stacked box right up the middle with no window dressing, nothing different, and that's just what we're going to do. And you know what? If it works, great. It has not. And if it doesn't work, I'm not going to change it. It hasn't worked. We haven't changed it. Um, My problem with uh, some of the other things are with culture. Culture is your body language. Culture is how you respond to adversity. Discipline. Discipline is the penalties. Pre-snap, all of that. And then your organization, knowing where to line up, knowing how to line up. These pre-snap penalties, knowing which direction to go and miss assignments. 
Those are all a reflection of coaching. I understand that this roster is not great. Tech will always and has always had to do more with less. I'm not saying I don't support this staff. I'm not saying I don't believe in this staff. But to just chalk up 36 yards of rushing versus West Virginia, 133 yards of rushing versus Wofford, the loss to Old Dominion on just we're not talented enough, that's not going to work. That, that's, that's just blatantly untrue. That is not just talent. That is not just we're not talented enough. And actually, you can go on and you can look at the talent composite for these teams. How, how well does our team, our roster, stack up to other rosters based upon the talent that these players were ranked in 24-7? I take these with a grain of salt. I completely understand that 24-7 doesn't get it right all the time. I completely understand that we have some talent in certain positions and no talent in others. But these are the numbers, okay? Virginia Tech has the 53rd most talented roster based upon 24-7 rankings. That is the middle of the pack of the ACC. Here are some other teams that have similar or worse talent in how they are performing. Duke, first-year head coach, they are 64th. They are currently 4-1. Syracuse, they are 5-0, 67th ranked roster in football. Wake Forest, 71st ranked roster. They are 4-1 and one and almost beat Clemson. Kansas, 72nd ranked roster in college football. They're 5-0. and oh. App State, 87th. And Middle Tennessee State, who just beat Miami, has the 90th most talented roster in college football. So to come in and to say that there is no way that we can compete or do anything because we don't have enough talent, I point to you those teams. You have to find a way to do different things to be competitive. Virginia Tech is not competitive. And this is the first week, I believe, where every single position looked like it regressed from the week prior. Um, So that's my problem. I think both are an issue. We're going to have to recruit better. We're going to have to be more disciplined. We're going to have to come up with schemes for this team to be competitive against the uh, teams that we're going to play. Um, But I I genuinely believe that both of these things are, are an issue. Pat, fun fact else? about App State. Fun fact about App State. App State has one four star on their entire roster and scored sixty points on this Carolina team. App State's only four star on their roster is Jacoby Pinckney, who had committed to Virginia Tech, who was with Virginia Tech of that twenty nineteen class. He's from Dorman, South Carolina, and then he transferred to App State. He has yet to play in any games for App State. So App State has a – App State scored 60 points with a bunch of three stars on their team. Um, for reference, UVA is ranked 57th overall in the talent composite for 2022. And I also know that with the talent composite, like you have to weigh that a lot of the folks that are making up the roster might be true freshmen. So they're not going to – you know, there, there's a high probability that they are not going to immediately contribute – for example, on Virginia Tech, we have Gunnar Gibbons, who is the second highest rated guy on our roster. We have Cam Johnson, um, who is uh, one of the only four stars on our roster. We have nine four stars on this roster um, you know, that helps contribute to this 53rd ranked team. But um, of the guys who are contributing, Dax Hollifield, Tywin Garbutt, J.R. Walker, Stephen Gosnell, Shamari Connor, DJ Harvey, Keyshawn King. 
our guys who are playing uh, out out there on Saturday, out there this season so far. If you're kind of wondering, all right, who are the guys who are not contributing yet? Who are the guys who are not playing or have not been mentioned yet this year? It is Gunnar Gibbons. It is Alan Tisdale who has been out. I was about to say, we're really, really missing Alan Tisdale. This Mm -hmm. week was the week that we really, really missed his speed and his uh, east to west um, capabilities. I'm not going to say we weren't win the game because we were not going to win the game if Alan Tisdale played, but he is sorely, sorely missed this season. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's done. No more letters from the lunch pail. We do have a few Sharky shout-outs, and then we can focus on Beaten Pit at Acroshore Stadium. My I, hope you guys, I hope you guys um, – um, this is going to come off as like pandering. It's not. I, I really hope you guys enjoy this. It's, it's really I, – I, I really hope you guys understand that it is difficult to get up here and, and talk about this um, another week. Um, but <laughs> try, to, try to bring some laughs. If, if there's something that you guys would like to see in these podcasts, please let us know. Um, but got to say – not fun watching the game and then having to talk about it. But, you know, we're all – I wouldn't want to be sad, upset, and uh, reflective with any other group of uh, fans. So um, continue to show up. Continue to – I think the most important thing, Pat, continue to care. Continue to care. This has been special before. We are marching towards hopefully making this special again. Um, it is very hard, but just continue to care. I, I don't really know how that'll be received, but that is what I am I am imploring all of you to do. I implore the same. I don't want to be a fan base like Carolina where the folks just don't give a rats about football. That's mm-hmm. not us. That's never been us. I hope it never is us. I got some shout-outs. One. <laughs> Shout-out to Billy Ray and Greg Russo. Looking at the box score here, my Del Barton green wave went up to Paramus Catholic on Saturday or on Friday night and delivered the boom 49 to 10 beatdown on your team Billy Ray the paladins were belly up on Friday night what do you have to say year 1 it's year 1 i went i watched him practice i know what greg russo can do uh it's going to take a little while um, we're recovering from, uh, you know, I'm not going to get into a Paramus Catholic tirade here, but, uh, we had a clown head coach a couple years ago because, um, they hired a clown head coach and now they, uh, have a, have a good head coach with a good head on their shoulders. It's going to take a while to get the talent back. Um, and that's, uh, that's what we're working on. But, um, I, I am proud to say as a, uh, um, in my time at Paramus Catholic, you know, went to Del Barton, handled business. Um, can't really speak for, uh, speak for the team now. There you go. Looking <laughs> like a true Paladin alum. A uh, couple other folks I hung out with on Saturday, Patrick Mocker and his lovely girlfriend, Sam. Uh, we hung out and uh, two games in a row sitting with Pat, two losses in a row. Maybe we need to flip that up. Matthew Gentile. Stop sitting together. <laughs> yeah, I know. Matthew Gentile. Harrison Pope. Cole Baldwin. Cold cold texted Pope at like 11 a.m. He lives in Rock Rockville, Maryland. He's like, hey, if I leave now, I think I can make it for, for the first half. 
He gets in his car and drives down to Chapel Hill from Rockville, Maryland. Rolls in like late first quarter. <laughs> like, dude, where have you been? And he's like, oh, I just got here from Rockville. So that was a uh, must have been a tough drive home. But Cole, I was about to say I, that I, that is extremely admirable, but it might be one of the worst decisions that were made this past weekend. Hey, hey, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> we are not we are not going to shame Cole for this. No. We're going, no. We going to give Cole his props because we know a Carolina fan would never do that. Carolina yeah. Carolina fan would say, "What? We we have a game today?" <laughs> um and then my guy Jay Lit didn't get to hang out with Jay Lit at the Carolina game, but he is sitting with me in section 5 for Miami. We're going to turn some things around. So those are my shout-outs until until we jump on here again, beat Pittsburgh. Have a great week, everyone. We got Athlete of the Week coming up. We got the newsletter going out. We got some fun YouTube content coming. Subscribe, follow, like, rate, leave a review, have some fun, and use our discount codes, whether it's for Roots, whether it's Alumni Hall. At Alumni Hall, it's uh, Suns 10. Save yourself 10% off that Peter Millar Cooler Zip if you want. Mm-hmm. That's it for me, man. Time to wander, tripping in the sand. We smoke out windows, drink till we can't stand. But I saw you dance like you want to in my head. And all that she said is, Oh, I know just what you're thinking. Take a hit, it started